Welcome back. Happy Thursday. Happy day before, day before Christmas. I'm Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck program. I'm talking about the lies that have got me here to where I'm able to sit in for Glenn Beck on his show. And we're going to talk about the COVID lies with my Blaze colleague, Steve Dace, host of the Steve Dace Show. Uh, Steve knows as much about this COVID pandemic as anybody working in the media. He wrote a great book, The Falsian Bargain. Uh, One of my great colleagues here at Blaze TV. You can find my show, Fearless at Jason Whitlock, at Blaze TV, Fearless with Jason Whitlock, at Blaze TV, or at YouTube.com backslash Jason Whitlock, or wherever podcast or platform. Look us up. All right, uh, Steve Dace and this USA Today story that I'm reading uh, from yesterday, I believe. Unaccounted, inaccurate death certificates across the country hide the true toll of COVID-19. They're actually arguing there have been more deaths than what have been reported. I'm going to fact check them with Steve Dace. Erks. The Glenn Beck Program. Well, it's almost 2022, and I can tell you right now, your new year will be a great one with Erectech. Whether it's grilling, smoking, or baking, whether it's for everyday family meals or entertaining friends into the new year, you're going to want the best in the business, and that is Erectech. Cook all of your food to delicious perfection with Erectech. You can stay inside because it has smart grill technology, which means controlling the cooking process all the way through, adjusting the heat automatically as needed for an even temperature. Meanwhile, you can monitor its progress from an app on your phone or device, and it tells you when it's perfectly done. Prepare for the new year. Get a Rectech quickly. From the hors d'oeuvres to the main course, Rectech will make you look like you went to culinary school and became a chef in your spare time. Winter is here, New Year's is around the corner, and baby, it's cold outside. Order yours today. Rectech.com. That's R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. Rectech.com. All right, welcome back. Uh, USA Today uh, reported yesterday uh, inaccurate death certificates across the country hide the true toll of COVID-19. In some counties, just half the spike in deaths during the pandemic is attributed to COVID-19. Researchers say that points to a massive undercount. COVID has been so much worse. We're all dying. It's over for all of us. Fear. Hide. COVID's going to get you. That's what the USA Today uh, article should have just said and left it at that. Instead, they went on for thousands and thousands of words. Uh, Steve Dace knows more about this COVID stuff than I do. And so early this morning, I sent him the article. And, you know, I wanted a professional opinion on the article. It seems like the typical corporate media fear mongering to me. I'm not even sure... Because one of the things I thought early on a year ago was like, have there been more deaths worldwide or in America than in previous years? Anyway, uh, Steve, uh, welcome to the Glenn Beck Show. And is this USA Today story based in fact? Is it an honest story? (laughs) Merry Christmas, brother. Uh, Sorry about that. I just that was spontaneous combustion there. But 
just to, just let me set the, the, some perspective here, because we are in the midst of the worst pandemic since at least the Hong Kong flu 50 years ago before I was born, and likely since the Spanish flu, which is well over 100 years ago before anybody listening right now was born. And yet, despite all of that, despite the fact that they deny and continue to deny effective early treatments and try to smear Nobel Prize winning drugs that work, we're sitting here and approximately 16% of the U.S. population has had a confirmed case of COVID and 0.2% of the U.S. population has perished with COVID on a death certificate. So I, I, I think that we need a little perspective here and that we're unraveling as a society for those numbers. The, the case fatality rate for COVID, that's just the number of cases confirmed divided by the number of deaths, is 1.5%. And that's before we ever stratify for any form of criteria whatsoever. That's just a baseline number. The infection fatality rate, the estimate is about six to eight times more infections than cases we've confirmed because of asymptomatic spread. So that would put your case fatality rate at somewhere around a, a 0.8 or so before we, again, even stratify for any form of criteria whatsoever. The average COVID death in America had four accompanying morbidities, four. That's the average. The median age of death with COVID in America is 79. That's actually the lifespan of an average male in America, 79. So this is a very serious matter, it, and, and the Omicron wave, given that what I'm seeing, the trend lines worldwide, if you have not had COVID in your home, you are about to, uh, looking at just how much more infectious this is, but all the data thankfully shows it's milder, at least in South Africa. At their peak uh, in South Africa, that's a country, Jason, where almost 75% of the country is not double or triple jabbed. The average male life expectancy in South Africa is 15 years lower than the U.S. 55% of that country is at or below the poverty line compared to 11% of the U.S. And what South Africa found is that hospitalizations were at 50% at the peak of their Omicron surge was at 50% of the peak of their Delta surge. And that deaths never even reached 50% at the peak of their Omicron surge compared to Delta. So the data out of South Africa shows clear attenuation. Those are good signs, provided that we haven't uh, vaccinated ourselves and do antibody-dependent enhancement, which we're about to find out here in the next few, few weeks. So this is actually not the time for panic at all. We're, we're getting to some clarity here, and I think there's a decent chance we're getting to the end of the pandemic phase of COVID. What USA Today wrote was such clearly political trash that if they had come out with something like this three to six months ago, it would have been everywhere within corporate media. The fact that you sent that to me at 6 a.m. this morning, and it was the first time I had seen that story and it was 24 hours old, is indicative of the fact that I think that you're seeing people within corporate media are growing tired of this narrative. There is something, I think it's like the fifth or sixth paragraph into that story, where it specifically cites states that predominantly voted for Donald Trump. And that's, that's your signal right there to just stop reading. Whatever you thought you were reading, whenever they throw that line in there, that now you know you're not dealing with anything to do with public health. This is simply and strictly about politics, as most of this has been from the very beginning, about power and control. And if anything, given the fact that the average comorbidity death with COVID is four, something like 
of deaths in America, according to our CDC, had no COVID deaths, had no preceding comorbidity, meaning that these were healthy people. And given the fact that we tag deaths in this country as with COVID, as opposed to from COVID, and given the hundreds of thousands of people that we probably could have saved, according to renowned cardiovascular surgeon, Dr. Peter McCullough, if we had given them early treatments, the, the reality is if the death toll is, is probably exaggerated greatly the other way, both from incompetence uh, and also from corruption. I want to read the excerpt that you're, you referred to where it really gets political. These trends are clear in small cities and rural areas with less access to health care and fewer physicians. They're especially pronounced in rural areas of the South and Western United States, areas that heavily voted for former President Donald Trump in the 2020 presidential election. When I read that this morning on my own, I just nearly I was I was just so upset because I just I just don't get why major media outlets are just intent on savaging the reputation of people that voted for Donald Trump and how the why they think you, you would even think people that are Trump opponents would get tired of this. You know what? You won't say it, so I will. You're an award-winning journalist, okay? You have worked at some of the elite institutions in our industry. I've worked in with a few. USA Today is actually one of them. I used to be a contributor with USA Today. I used to write op-eds for them as a conservative contributor. Uh, they let me publish pieces def- uh, opposing gay marriage. They let me write pieces defending Duck Dynasty. I wrote a piece in 2013 for them defending Phil Robertson from Duck, of Duck Dynasty uh, against charges of homophobia for claiming that it's natural for men to be attracted to women and women to be attracted to men. That was their second most read column of the year in 2013. I, I mean, they let me touch on all kinds of culture war issues. They'd never publish any of those pieces now. That was just 2013, 2014, 2015. We're not talking 20, 30 years ago. We're just talking actually within this last decade. They wouldn't even ask somebody like me to write for them anymore. I didn't even recognize this stuff. Um, I mean, this, this, this is just, this is, what's happened is that institutions like the New York Times and USA Today got tired of losing clicks to Salon and Mother Jones. And they basically just grabbed the Thanos gauntlet like at the end of Age of Ultron and went, we'll just we'll, I'll do it myself. And now they're publishing the kinds of stuff that we that used to be relegated for Vox. It's now on the front page. It's now exposés in The Times and The Washington Post and the and USA Today. The industry as a, as a whole on a systemic level is just completely gone and given over now. And that makes me sad to say, I've, you know, I, as a conservative, I built a lot of relationships with writers and people at the New York Times, the Washington Post and USA Today over the years, tried my best to, uh, you know, at least we were covered objectively uh, with information, even if the opinion about us was slanted. That stuff doesn't even happen anymore. Just five years ago, the New York Times sent a reporter here, Jackie Combs, to my home to spend time with me and my family for several days to do a, 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 a Sunday feature on me prior to the Iowa caucuses. They would not acknowledge me as anything but a racist today when virtually none of my views on anything have changed from 2015 and 2016. This industry is just holistically, it's gone, man. Like Romans one level gone. 
Steve, stick with me through this short break. I, I got a couple more questions. You bet. This is the best time of the year. Best excuse I know to deck out your entire home and why stop with the seasonal decor? If you haven't tried Blinds.com, now is the time to get those new window treatments. With prices cut up to 35% site-wide, Blinds.com can make your dream home become a reality. Updating your window treatments is a small home improvement that can have a big impact. And Blinds.com makes getting custom window treatments easy and affordable. Upgrade one room or your entire house with huge savings on premium blinds, stylish shades, interior shutters, and a whole lot more. You'll never find any misleading quotes or hidden fees. That's why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings with over 40,000 five-star reviews. You can plan to do it yourself or have them handle the installation. Their free professional design consultants are always on hand to help you out too. This time of the year, change your house for the better. Blinds.com. Save up to 35% site-wide right now. Blinds.com for 35% off. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck. More with Steve Dace. Steve, this next question, uh, someone's going to hear it. They go, oh, Whitlock's off in QAnon land. Oh, Whitlock's got his Alex Jones tinfoil hat on. <laughs> but I, I, I got to ask because it's it's what comes through my mind. When I I look at the way COVID has been handled and I look at, because again, I don't think, obviously it's about control and imposing a will, but but part of me, we used to have world wars that addressed people that had population concerns. Mm -hmm. And I look at all from abortion, to the way we've handled COVID, the way we've, because I feel like a lot of people are dying from all these other issues unrelated to COVID, but related to COVID because of there's a cost, a consequence to the way we're handling COVID. And, and I just, Bill Gates and these people, are they just worried about controlling the population, I guess? As I'm, I don't know if I've asked this question in the best way, but is, is any of this related to just population control? I got to tell you, Jason, I become so informationally radicalized in the last 21 months. And I'm I'm asking myself questions internally and even externally out loud on my own show that I would never have even entertained even in 2016, 2017. And uh, and I just don't think you can take anything off the table at this point after everything I've seen for the last 21 months. Uh, this saga has turned me into Alex Jones with Bible verses, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and I just, is it crazy to think that a country that already forcibly aborts its own children to keep the excess population down, beginning with girls, because they're viewed as less valuable to them, would concoct a, a, a virus that would then help them cull the herd of the elderly uh, for each according to his abilities to each according to his needs? Is it, is it, is it, it's not crazy. That, that's Malthusian ethics. That's Marxism. That's not saying that they did it, but, that, but ultimately, you know, for a crime, you need, for a crime to be proven, you need three things. Means, motive, and opportunity. And brother, this virus for the Shycoms checks all three boxes. Doesn't mean we necessarily have, you know, Zapruder film with a smoking gun here, but we absolutely have enough circumstantial evidence to get a grand jury indictment without any question, if that's what you're asking. 
you've answered my question perfectly. You've given me more to think about and mull over. Uh, and so my other, and this is COVID-related, but it's just related to everything that's going on in America. I look out and I see our politicians. I see our global corporations. I see them shorting America and going long on China and actually thinking, you know, the communist system works better for elites. And all of this is just connected to us converting us to communism because that's what works for elites and that's what works for global corporations. Yes. I mean, this is authority. Really, the, the political paradigm in America isn't really right versus left any longer. What, what this is, it's even, it's even more general and broad than globalist and nationalist. Because we've seen authoritarianism and tyranny come from nationalism and nationalist regimes throughout human history as well. This is really now about authoritarianism versus conscience, authoritarianism versus individual freedom and liberty. That, and that's why this year you've seen critical thinking amongst, amongst a pocket of liberals make a roaring comeback amongst people like Dave Chappelle, amongst uh, people like Naomi Wolf, the feminist, um, so many other names, Bill Maher, who's basically on a one-man evangelistic, the guy who did religious is now on an evangelistic crusade to try to save the Democratic Party from itself. Jonathan Stewart uh, going on, the, you know, on, uh, with Stephen Colbert, and, and Ma, it was one of the first people to break the fourth wall on the true origins of the virus. And, and I think that's because there's the argument that the right and left had in, in, in America and throughout the West for decades was the limits of conscience. Could, could, should government permit me to do things, my conscience to go somewhere and, and dictate emotions and actions that, that traditionally the Judeo-Christian ethic has said that God proclaims as dumb or immoral? And the old liberals said, yes, you should be permitted to do the stuff that God says is dumb and immoral, because who even knows if, who God is? The new, the new authoritarians think that government needs to compel you to do those things, needs to coerce you to do those things. And so this is why I look at somebody like Andrew Sullivan. When I first got into politics full-time 15, 20 years ago, early on as a young guy, it was to oppose Andrew Sullivan. I mean, I'm a Christian culture warrior. He is the Benjamin Franklin of gay intellectualism. He's the first respected homosexual intellectual in America. And I looked at much of what he was introducing as a vanguard that would get us to the places that we're talking about now. Well, now if you look at Andrew Sullivan's Twitter feed, about half of what he tweets, man, I could ghostwrite that. What's happened? See, what happened is Andrew Sullivan thought we were just about expanding rights of conscience and, and, and moving beyond Judeo-Christian theocratic oppression of human expression and flourishing. What's happened now is a new movement has emerged that said, you don't get to have conscience at all. You don't get to have your own conscience, at least when they argued with the right wingers, the traditionalists, the conservatives, the people who put the fun in fundamentalism like me. At least we agreed you had a right to conscience. We just thought there should be limits to it. Now we're arguing with people who say there are no rights of conscience. You will just strictly comply with everything we tell you. And you're really watching fascism emerge in the West. And this is the traditional definition, elites in the private and public sector uniting together in order to dominate and control a society. That's what's happening now. Now you're watching the old class warfare New York Times. 
They're just ripping and reading Pfizer uh, press releases uh, without any skepticism or scrutiny and running them as stories now, because it doesn't matter where the authoritarianism comes from. And this is also why you're seeing a new kind of political coalition. You have a lot of old liberals who are convinced that this kind of authoritarianism would come from corporations, transnational corporations. You have a lot of conservatives who recognize that, boy, the most the most obvious place for authoritarianism is your own government. Well, now the answer is, which is it? Yes. And both of them are conspiring and colluding together. And so this is really about, are we going to be the generation? Like previous generations had to stop fascism and authoritarianism from coming here. Are we going to be the generation that that exports it, that, that trashes it, gets rid of it from here? That's really the battle that's going to take place right now. Thank you, Steve. You got it, brother. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas to you. The lies. I got more of them. Next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You've heard me talking about MyPillow for years and how it's changed the way I sleep. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fitted me personally for my own MyPillow because I told him, I said, I don't think I really like him. And he said, wait, I think you have the wrong one. Got me the king size pillow. It has changed the way I sleep. It will not go flat. You can wash and dry it constantly and it stays the same amazing shape. You fluff it once before you go to sleep and it's that way. Best of all, it's made right here. So you don't have to worry about, are they going to be MyPillows on the... The shelves. Along with the lowest price offer, Mike is also extending his money back guarantee trial until March 1st of next year, so it makes a great Christmas gift. You can get the standard MyPillow for $19.98, originally $69.98, a $50 savings, and the king size pillow is $10 more. Go and see all their rotating discounts, over 150 MyPillow products. Enter the promo code BECK, 800-966-3117, 800-966-3117. It's MyPillow.com, promo code BECK. The truth that mainstream media can't handle. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Jason Whitlock filling in for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, Thanks for joining me. All right, you can find my podcast and my show, Fearless with Jason Whitlock at Blaze TV, wherever podcast or platform, particularly on Apple. You can also find me on YouTube at youtube.com backslash Jason Whitlock. Go there, subscribe, get the notifications for the show. The show is an in-depth discussion about men becoming fearless America becoming fearless again. That's how we take back this country. And it walks you through uh, my journey as a journalist and now as an opinionist in the political world. And that's kind of what we've been discussing today, how I got here. And I've been outlining and talking about the pervasiveness of the lies within corporate media and how the truth is under an attack and how I believe any attack on truth is actually an attack on God. And that's why I see a lot of this stuff as satanic. And I've been saying that on my show, Fearless with Jason Willard. I go on Tucker Carlson's show and say it. When I come on Glenn's show as a guest or co-host, I say it because I believe it. 
And it took me a while to totally figure out what was going on, why it was so offensive to me. And so I've been walking you guys through a bit of my history. And so, you know, as a journalist and particularly as a sports journalist, I graduated college in 1990, uh, became a sports columnist in 1992 in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and then became a sports columnist in Kansas City in 1994 and had a career um, as a sports journalist that was pretty incredible at a time. And Steve Dace and I were just talking about Steve was talking about how corporate media has changed and how I've been profiled in the New York Times, I think, twice in my career. And both times the New York Times did a fair and accurate job profiling me. There was a struggle and some tension back and forth, but at the end of the day, the stories were fair and accurate. That would never happen now. Things have changed dramatically. And I was, I mean, there was a long time where an objective, fair version of journalism could be done in spurts at some of these corporate media outlets. I was never one, you know, was there a bias to the media? Absolutely, no question. Anytime you have a profession that for the most part pays its workers poorly, you're not going to get the best work. You know, America is a country where you get what you pay for. And so journalism has always been a bit sloppy and not as good as it should be because the pay for most people, uh, not great. But you could slip the truth in. And I can remember, I, I go back, there were clues to where I would eventually end up early in my career. And, and one of those big clues was in 2007. And this is before there was ever any Black Lives Matter. I guess that's seven years before Black Lives Matter, but the plan, the plot, and how we got there and how the corporate media was going to be a co-conspirator in the Black Lives Matter movement, that started long before there was BLM. And so in 2007, I don't know if you guys remember, maybe it happened in 2006, but I didn't end up writing about it until 2007. You guys remember the Jenna 6 case? Jenna, Louisiana, six black kids that beat up a white kid at a high school in Jenna, Louisiana, and a district attorney there basically charged them as adults, and Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson and all the, the racial ambulance chasers of the time got involved with the Jenna story and, and portrayed these kids as victims of this racist plot and it all hinged on this noose that was hung on a tree at the high school and a story was concocted that the the noose was hung at a tree at the hospital in September or October and four or five months later these black kids retaliated by beating up a kid four or five, six months later at the school. Put the kid in the hospital. Anyway, I ended up going down to Jenna, Louisiana, 
and for spent three or four days there reporting out a story on the Genesis 6 that basically upended the narrative that, oh my God, this is some incredible racist thing that happened. The, the story was actually concocted by a white minister in Texas. I believe his name was Alan Bean. And he concocted the story, fed it to a reporter at the Chicago Tribune named Howard Witt. And Howard Witt took the story national. Alan Bean's re, you know, concoction of this narrative that he was writing on blogs. And Alan Bean interviewed and talked with me and told me he fed the story to Howard Witt at the Chicago Tribune. And he was at the time he was frustrated because Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson and all these guys were getting credit for the Genesis 6 deal. And Alan Bean was like, I'm the guy that invented this. I'm the guy that fed this to the media. There would be no Genesis 6. There wouldn't be these national protests without me, Alan Bean. And so I quoted Alan Bean talking about, yeah, I fed that story to Howard Witt and the Chicago Tribune. He acknowledged concocting the narrative to fan the flames of racial justice. Anyway, that story that I wrote, breaking down Alan Bean's role in that, went national. I remember Rush Limbaugh uh, talking about it, reading the story on air. Every it, it shook up that whole narrative. The Genesis 6 thing was as big as Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown and all these other stories. And the Kansas City Star published my story because it was well-reported and <laughs> factual. And that story kind of just, I took all the air out of that story. And that's when I first got on the left's radar as, oh, this guy could be a problem. He just kind of follows the truth wherever it leads. But that was my first real total understanding, like, man, the media will lie, will tell blatant lies. And when they get called out on them, they'll get very defensive and attack the person who exposed the truth. Now, having said all that, the work I did on the Genesis 6 and some other things, I won a huge National Scripps Howard Award for column writing. So there was a time when you could actually get rewarded for speaking the truth within corporate media. That time has passed. And now, if you don't hop on board with the lies, you will get destroyed and run out of corporate media. There is no tolerance for any of that. And once I figured out like, whoa, there's no tolerance for the truth within corporate media. That's when I said, we got a major problem. This feels satanic. This assault on truth. When you deny people the truth, people die from what they don't know. People die from the lies that they believe. The doctor comes in and tells, oh, no, no, your blood pressure is fine. You got no issues there. Eventually, that's going to kill you. If your family structure as a group has fallen apart to the level where it's nearly impossible 
for as a group for you to uh, develop functional, stable, responsible, high achieving kids and and corporate media and the people you trust. (laughs) It's not your breakdown in family. It's not the fact that your kids grow up with no dad in the home. Maybe their mama's not there. Maybe it's a grandparent. Maybe it's an auntie. Maybe it's a cousin. Maybe it's your big brother who's raising you. That's not the problem. The problem is white racism. Once we fix racism, it won't matter if you don't, if you do or don't have a family structure. See, once they convince you of that lie, once they don't tell you the truth, and God's truth is quite clear on family and family structure and what he prescribes for human beings who want to develop properly functioning children. He prescribes mom and dad in the home raising that kid together. That's an undeniable truth. All the data backs it up that those families produce the best kids who don't commit suicide, who don't turn to drugs, who don't turn to a life of crime, who don't end up incarcerated, who don't end up on depression medication. Again, this is just in general. Are there individual isolated incidents where single parents do a great job and uh, two together parents do a poor job? Absolutely. But every piece of data says overwhelmingly family structure is critical to the development of properly functioning, well-adjusted, high-achieving kids. But corporate media keeps lying to a certain segment of the population, and now they're lying to all of the population. Nah, you don't need family. It's irrelevant. We got to fix this white supremacy thing. Mom and dad, take it or leave it. Biggest threat to any of you is white supremacy. See, that's the lie that I can't take. That lie feels satanic to me. That's why I'm here. That's why I do the Fearless with Jason Whitlock podcast and show. That's why you need to be listening. I got more on these lies. Next. The Glenn Beck Program. Happy holidays from the Fed. They just gave us some, well, somewhat truthful reading about inflation for the first time this year. What a way to wrap up the year, right? Consumer prices and inflation have surged to a 39-year high. It's the fastest pace in nearly four decades. Energy prices up 34%. And you know how fast food costs are rising. We all feel it. On top of that, Biden is now trying to throw another $1.7 trillion into their social and climate plan, which could potentially accelerate rate inflation even more. At this point, it's just a matter of when and how bad. The U.S. dollar is an extreme peril. Gold and silver are a time-tested and conservative hedge against insanity, unrest, and potential hyperinflation. Call Goldline today. Ask how precious metals can protect what you've worked so hard to earn. Ask Goldline about their special Christmas offers and a very special bonus for listeners of my program. Be proactive. Call today. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. 
Welcome back. Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck program uh, in the final hour of the show and the final hour of my visit here, filling in for Glenn during this uh, Christmas holiday season. Uh, I'm going to get into the biggest lie being told right now and why I'm here. It, it's this one particular lie that has totally changed me, made me comfortable with people considering calling me or people calling me, identifying me as a conservative. Again, I really don't like a political identity. I prefer to be identified as a Christian American, but I'm comfortable with people calling me a conservative. And it's because of this one particular lie that I am. I'm going to get into that in the final hour. I'm also going to invite your phone calls in the final hour. 1-888-727-2325. 1-888-727-2325. I want to hear your review of these past three days of me sitting in for Glenn Beck. What you learned, what you liked, what you didn't like. Uh, I'll take some phone calls from you and invite you into the conversation. A lot of times... I, I a microphone comes on and it's hard for me to stop talking. These commercial breaks come so quickly to me. I'm like, hold on, man. I got 15 more minutes worth of stuff I want to say in this particular segment. And so I fall in love with the sound of my own voice. And so I want to invite your voice. I want to hear from you all. I want you to add to the conversation. But I'm also going to tell you about the biggest lie being told right now and the lie that has really made me comfortable and has really inspired me to try to be a voice that reaches out and tries to bring us together. Because trust me, we're all supposed to be allies, but we all have to acknowledge what we're being lied about. And once you understand what we're... Once you understand this one particular lie, you'll understand how much we all actually have in common and need to be working together. Uh, Jason Whitlock, the host of Fearless with Jason Whitlock on Blaze TV and wherever podcasts are located. You can find me also at YouTube at YouTube.com slash Jason Whitlock. I need you to join the Fearless Army. This is about there's a and I think I talked about this yesterday. God, when things went chaotic in the garden, he called out, Adam, where are you? And basically that was a call out to men that men are failing. And that's what's going on right now in America and around the globe. Men are failing. We have turned into cowards. We're running around letting fear control us. They're using fear to control us. That's why... (laughs) I'm promoting a fearless army and looking for fearless soldiers, men who are not afraid, who want the responsibility of leadership and taking back control of this country. Stay tuned. In the final hour, I'm going to tell you about the biggest lie. This is the Glenn Beck Program.